It is a pleasure to be here. It always is at uh, Liberty Baptist Church. Uh, every time I get a chance to thank Pastor McMurphy publicly, I always take advantage to do so. Um, I appreciate his friendship through the years, uh, through thick, through thin, and uh, but, uh, it's been a real friend. Anytime I need wisdom, I call Brother McMurtry, Pastor McMurtry, I find out what he says, and then I do the opposite, and it always works out well for me. But all joking aside, I appreciate the friendship that we get to have here. So anytime we get invited this way, it's always a resounding yes. We always enjoy coming, and it's a blessing to be here this evening. Um, I did hear Pastor McMurtry sound like he said he never reads his Bible, so he's going to read it tonight. Is that what he said? I was just kind of confused. How is he getting his messages then if he's not reading his Bible? Uh, but that's another question for another time. But um, I will say this. Uh, I was looking forward to preaching this evening. I always enjoy the friendship and fellowship here uh, at Liberty Baptist Church. I will say I do covet your building. We would love to have a building like this with the fellowship hall. The Lord has been good to you guys. And uh, I know you're celebrating 12 years this Sunday. And uh, 12 years ago, this building wasn't uh, a part of Liberty Baptist Church. And God, through his, uh, the leadership of your pastor, has brought you to this place. And we know that if we look back on 12 years, we clearly see God leading. That gives us the faith to look forward to the next 12 years or however many more the Lord gives us. But uh, I was on my way. We, we stopped at a, a theme park to ride some roller coasters on the way uh, up to uh, Illinois from Florida as if Florida doesn't have enough theme of parks and roller coasters, we had to try someone else's. And so I was riding roller coasters uh, all day Monday, and then Tuesday I got word through Pastor McMurtry with what happened there with uh, Jeremiah. And I had messages all planned, and then the Lord just really started speaking to my heart. I, I loved Jeremiah. I loved his family. We had a uh, close-knit there with the fact that he's Romanian, I was uh, 12, uh, eight years in Romania. Uh, I speak the Romanian language. We had a, a bond there. So it kind of hurt. And this message I wrote in the car while my son's driving, maybe even my daughter driving, so pray for us. And we just rode roller coasters. So if you see anything weird in there, there might be some reasons for that. Give me a little bit of mercy. But the title of the message is The Roller Coaster of Life. And as I was hearing some of the things coming my way of people going through some hard times, and let me just say this, life is difficult. And this, there's some words of wisdom in Ecclesiastes that is telling us that. I want you to notice these first several verses of the extremes that are being described. He's, he's describing very high ups and very low downs. He's saying, I mean, there's a time to be born. That's a great thing. There's a time to die. That's a very low. That's a low. There's a time to plant. There's a time to pluck up. And he begins to just describe extreme opposites, to build and to destroy. And, and so we see what's being described here is life is full of ups and downs. You're not going to get around it. That is life, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, whether you're serving the Lord, whether you're not serving the Lord. Life has its ups and its downs, and we'll see that. Begin in verse number one. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, 
A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. So we're seeing some extremes being given out here. And this is telling us, giving us wisdom in life. Usually it's the younger ones that need the wisdom. Uh, the, the, the longer we've lived, the more we don't need evidence that life is a roller coaster. You know, and you'll see it happen in the young people as they're entering in the world. Great to hear uh, Tommy got married and, and he's, uh, you know, starting a family. Well, he's on the part of the roller coaster where it's just ratcheting up still. Clink, 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 clink. There's a ride coming, okay? And whether you're ready for it or not, there's a ride. That's life. And you can see the innocence in the youth as they, they, they head off into the world with great expectations, only to be reminded that there's all kinds of times in life. There's, there's highs, there's lows, and as Christians, God has given us the, the tools that we need to carry us through all of that, so that you can still be in God's will when you're taking your last breath here on earth. There's wisdom in this book. Uh, Jesus warned his disciples about the highs and lows of life, and the disciples thought, not me. Oh, it's all high for me. There's so many people, they'll, especially they'll join a church, and they, they get excited. And let me tell you, Liberty's a great church. Liberty Baptist Church, man, I tell you, what a great place to be. And you come in with great excitement, and then you realize it's full of people just like you. Right? Yeah, you know, Revival Baptist Church is a great church, but it's full of people like me. So you probably don't even want to come anymore, right? I mean, we're just people. And you, it's, there's some highs. There's some times you come in, and the song service is just raising the rafters. And you're like, man, this is great. And then there's times when you hear yourself singing. And, you know, everybody can come on the high. But God is looking for someone who will just be instant in season, out of season. That's another term for a roller coaster. In season, out of season. Ups and downs. And turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 26 where Jesus is going to warn Peter that the ministry, that life is not all about highs, but there's going to be times where you're in a low, times where your flesh takes over, times where you're not doing what you need to be doing. And Peter, as you know, as probably we would say the same, oh, I'll never leave Liberty Baptist Church. I'll never quit serving God. I'll never sit on the wayside. I'll never be out of God's will. That's a dangerous thing to say because you're, you're forgetting that life is a roller coaster. You're forgetting that you're on a high right now making that statement, but there's going to come a low, and sometimes those lows are very low. Sometimes those lows are your pastor himself has offended you. Sometimes those lows are your best friend in church has offended you. And you, you're getting ready to bail, but you didn't think about that when you said, oh, no, as for me and my house, this is where we're going to plant, this is where we're going to be. But Pastor Virgin, 12 years this Sunday, you've seen a lot of people come and go. And they don't leave on the highs. They leave on the lows, and usually they leave in a, in a state of shock, not realizing that there were lows coming. And you could be warned about it over and over, but until you're in that low, you're not going to really fully understand what's being said. Now, Jesus is about to break the news to his disciples. Matthew 26, look at verse 33. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men should be offended because of thee, notice his zeal here, yet will I never be offended. Not me. Hey, you all can have highs and lows. I'm, I'm with the Lord Jesus. I'm going to have all highs. I'll never be offended. Verse 34. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. He's going in for the, the, the triple loop here. I mean, this roller coaster, he's like, look, you have no idea, but, but you think you're never going to be offended, but tonight, before this night, you're going to deny me three times. Now, Peter's still going to abundantly claim that that's not going to happen. 
He says in verse 35, Peter said unto him, though I, uh, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. We already know how it ends, don't we? It ends, the Bible says, and jump down to verse 75. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus after he has now betrayed Jesus three times, which he said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out, notice now, and he wept bitterly. Peter is realizing for himself that he has failed, that he is not as strong as he thought he would be. I mean, think about the zeal of the disciple of the Lord Jesus saying, I'm ready to die. You know, now in Florida, and maybe you had some here, but we had with a little thing called COVID. Anybody ever hear about COVID? It probably never came up this far north, but we had it down south and everybody was going to die, they said, and all these different things. And you know what? It was interesting. People ready to go through tribulation for the Lord. You know, our church is post-tribulational. We believe it's a post-tribulational rapture, right? Well, you, you do. You just don't know it yet. They do now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm teasing. I know, I know you, you're strong on those doctrines. That's why your pastor's coming to preach at our conference. But we're post-tribulation. We're ready to face the sword. We're ready to get our head chopped off. We're ready to be thrown in prison. And then COVID came out. And everybody's cowering in fear. You say, boy, that was crazy. That's exactly what happened to Peter. Peter's saying, Lord, I'll die for you. sincerity, but Jesus sees ahead and sees a roller coaster and saying, hey, look, there's a down coming and you're going to be very low and you don't realize it, but you're going to deny me. Now, if Peter battled with that, who are we to not battle with? And as Christians, we need to remember there are highs and lows in life. Look, if you will, to Luke chapter number 22. Luke chapter number 22, this is where Jesus is to be betrayed And in Luke chapter number 22, Jesus is again telling the disciples, telling Peter, that it's not all highs. They don't understand. And verse number 47, Luke 22, verse 47. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? And when they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. Can you see the zeal? No, we're never going to let him take us. And Jesus, Peter, disciple, there are lows in life. There are battles that we may not win in the eyes of mankind. But Jesus had a plan. Jesus had a program. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to the cross. Suffer ye thus far. And it was a hard thing for the disciples to understand. He looked at, the, at Judas and he said, this is your hour and the power of darkness. He's saying, hey, this is a low time. This is where they're going to make the advances. This is a hard thing. And you'll find from then on, Peter followed afar off. It was a hard thing to do. This is coming from someone who's never going to quit. This is coming from someone who saw, talked, spoke, ate, fellowship with Jesus Christ in the flesh. 
made a promise to never, I'll die before I deny you. And here he's denying him. He's following in the shadows. He's doubting. He's taking a battle. And Jesus is telling him to put away his sword. And Peter's confused. I don't understand. This isn't going like we thought. Hey, Peter's realizing life is like a roller coaster. And what you need to get through that through life is the constant of the Word of God. See, for us, we don't know tomorrow. We don't know what next year will be. We, here we are getting ready to celebrate 12 years. 12 years is a long time for a church. That's, a, that's an accomplishment worth celebrating. I hope you can come and celebrate Sunday. I hope that you can be here. That's something to celebrate. 12 years. But you know what? It's not over. All we know is the track behind us. That's all we know. We have no idea what's ahead of us. We don't know, but we know one thing. It's not all going to be hot. And we need people who will ride out the storm, who will be consistent in season and out of season. It reminds me of when we were taking our kids when we were little, and we were riding a roller coaster. This is one of those power drops. Remember those power drops? They still have them. They're awful scary. They never look as high when you're looking from the ground up. But they buckle you in, and they take you straight into that power and then they get you to the top, and then they let it go, and then you drop. And, you know, anybody who – I don't – I do it because of the thrill, not because I like it. I do it because it's intimidating, so I do it like it's not going to get the better of me. And uh, I remember this was a tall one for whatever reason. It was taller than normal. They were letting – it was Kyle and Erica and me. We were sitting in a tree. I was in the middle, Kyle on one side, Erica, and I had coached my kids. I said, hey, it's not that bad. You can do it. If I go, will you go? We all have this little buddy system. And they put the harnesses down, and I'm holding their hands, and it's starting to uh, go up that long pole. We're probably a quarter of the way up, and it looks a lot higher when you're on it. We're about halfway up. We're about three-quarters of the way up, and I looked over at my kids, and I said, hey, Daddy needs his hands back. And I remember gripping my shoulder hard. I'm like, I couldn't believe, what am I doing? Here I promised to hold their hands and be there. And when it came to it, I on the ground looking up, not that bad. Then you're going up, and I literally, I'm screaming like a kid the way down. And it wasn't because I was having fun. Okay? The, 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 the rides are designed to bring the worst out of you. Well, it brought the worst out of me. But let me just say, that's what life is like. When you're sitting there and you think you got it and you're never going to fail and you're a strong Christian and nothing's going to bu- uh, 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 get you onto the wayside and no, you're never going to quit and you're never going to get mad at Pastor McMurtry and you're never going to leave the church and you're never going to be outside of the will of God. That's never going to happen to me. Those are some dangerous words to say. What we need to be saying is, Lord, I pray it doesn't happen to me because I know what life can be. And so as we're looking through Scripture, it's telling us that it's not all mountaintop experiences. There are valleys that you must go through, instant, in season, and out season. Jesus warned of that. He said, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he's saying, have faith. I already know where it's going to end up. You can trust me, but along the way, there's going to be some things. That's what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is saying. Lean not unto thine understanding. You're not going to understand why you're down. You're not going to understand why these things are happening. You just have to trust in the Lord. Uh, A great example, we've got many examples in the Bible, but a great example of someone who didn't understand the highs and lows of life was Elijah when he just got done uh, with that great victory. And Jezebel's going to come and take his head, and she's going to kill him. And now all of a sudden he can stand before all the prophets and call down fire from heaven. But now he's got one woman mad at him, and he's ready to die. He's actually wishing for death. I mean, can you imagine this mighty man who just stood in the face of all the false prophets? He saw fire fall down from heaven. Now he's in a cave hiding. I mean, talk about emotional roller coaster. In a cave 
is out here. And Elijah pours out his heart, and he tells him how Jezebel's trying to kill him, and he says, life's hard, it's just not fair, and they're trying to kill me. And you know what God, the Bible tells us that God did? God sent an angel and fed him. And that food, he went on for 40 days with that food. God didn't scold him. You know what God's telling Elijah? You're in a low spot right now. You're in a low spot. And Elijah's sitting in that cave, he's eating that food from the Lord, and then God comes a second time after he's had time to rest, time to recoup, and he comes and says, what's in this time here, Elijah? Time to get back and go do what you're supposed to be doing. I'm glad for your tender mercies in that. You know, that's part of being in a church family is the tender mercies. Everybody wants the pastor to kick people out and pound the pulpit and make the YouTube videos. But you know what you need? You need a pastor who can care for you because you're going to need it. And when you see someone in the church that's weak and maybe maybe they're a little backslidden and you find pastor over there or maybe the men of the church or the ladies of the church and they're helping and they're, they're trying to encourage, hey, don't be sitting there with your arms crossed saying, I can't believe they let them in church. How about you go help them because they're on a roller coaster too. They're having a hard time, too, and that's what life is like. That's what ministry is like. We find Jesus' warning of that. We find the disciples on the Emmaus Road in Luke 24. They were like, we had trusted him, he that would deliver us from Israel, of Israel. But even now, the third day, and he's gone. They're on, and they, Jesus said, oh, fools and slow of heart, all to believe. He's saying, look, this was supposed to happen, but they were on a low. They were on a low. And you'll find all examples of that in Scripture. The Bible even says in John eleven thirty five. Anybody know that verse? Jesus, what? He wept. You find Jesus weeping. It's hard to see the Creator of the universe weeping, but here's Jesus weeping. We have a book of the Bible called Lamentations. We have Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. There's there's highs, there's lows in life in ministry. Jeremiah said, for these things I weep, mine eye runneth down with water, because the comforter that should relieve my soul is far from me. My children are desolate, because the enemy uh, hath prevailed. You know, one of the things that people don't often look into when it comes to the emotions of, especially us as men, and that is, we are to weep. Amen. We are to weep. We find Jesus wept. I don't think you're going to find a manlier man than Jesus Christ himself. And he wept. We find a, a, a prophet named Jeremiah weeping for the city that lies desolate, weeping for his people. The Bible tells us that if we'll sow in tears, we'll reap in joy. There's some things we ought to be weeping for. We ought to be weeping for others. We ought to be weeping for souls. We ought to be weeping when others are weeping. The Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens when one person's weeping. I'm a sucker for that. If I see someone crying, I'll start crying. I'm just that way. That's just me. If it, I don't even know if I know the person. If it's a, if a piano recital, someone's up there doing a great job and they're, they're, they're granddaughter, I don't even know them. They're over there. I'll be right by And the older we get, the more we can look back and shed wisdom on that. The Bible tells us we ought to be weeping when others are weeping and caring for others that are are in need. The Bible gives us many examples of that all through Scripture. But I want to give us three points that we can take from this lesson as we're looking at life as a roller coaster. You say, all right, you've convinced me. I understand. Maybe, you know, you're here. You've already been around long enough to know that it is ups and downs. And, you know, when you're in the teenage years... 
you might think you have ups and downs, but you're still on the, the ratcheting up. You haven't had any downs yet. It, life is going to happen. Reality is going to set in. But just go ahead and mark it down. That's life. Life is like a roller coaster. Jesus warned of that. Ecclesiastes, uh, 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 Solomon warned of that. The Bible warns of that over and over. We're going to have night seasons. And so I want to give you three things that you can do to make sure that when you find yourself on the roller coaster going down, because you will, that you're still on track, that you don't jump ship. And you don't, think of it as a roller coaster. That's not the time to unbuckle and leave the vehicle. Okay, bad things happen when you're on a downward uh, uh, trajectory in a roller coaster and you bail the, the car. Okay, you need to stay buckled in. The fear, whatever you think is going to happen, you're going to get to the very end. The brakes are going to hit, and it's not going to be as bad as you thought. You're going to look back on it and say, "Wow, that was actually fun." But in the moment, you're thinking, "Why did I do this? I'm bailing. You're ready to get out." Hey, can I just tell you, stay buckled up. Let me give you three ways that you can make sure that when the roller coaster of life hits you, you're still faithful. Number one, you need to prevent the night seasons. Prevent the night seasons. Turn, if you will, to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, look at verse 147. You need to prevent the night seasons. Now, when the Bible uses that word prevent, it doesn't mean, like, keep it from happening. I'm going to prevent you from entering the building. I'm going to prevent the night seasons from coming. No night season, no bad thoughts in my house. Well, you know what? They're coming whether you put the sign up or not. You're going to have night seasons whether you like it. So prevent in the Bible oftentimes means to pre-event. Before the night seasons come, we need to be doing some things. So right now, I hope you're not in a night season. Right now, I hope you're having a great time. But let me just say this. Night seasons are coming, so we need to pre-event those, those night seasons. Psalm 119, verse 147 I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. So before morning came, the pre-event of morning was I cried. I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. The psalmist is saying, you know what I have to do? Before those night seasons come, I have to be meditating in that word because I know the night seasons are coming. You know, in the night seasons, it's really not the greatest time to be memorizing Bible verses because you don't want to. Those verses already ought to be stored in your heart. And you know when you need to be storing them in your heart? When everything's going well. When everything's going great. When you don't have time to because you're so busy because everything's going great. Those are the times that as Christians we need to be wise enough to know it's not always going to be easy. That's why in ministry when we came to Revival Baptist Church and we started the doors, I didn't know what kind of roller coaster track we're going to be on. I didn't know what it's going to look like, but we made it. We put a stake in the ground and we said, well, you know, I don't care if it's just me and my family. I don't care if we have a hundred. I don't care if we have ten. I don't care what happens. We're going to serve here until God moves us. This is where he wants us. This is where we're going to stay. And you know what? God can use that. We knew night seasons were coming. Now, you know, I know your church never has any of these issues, but let me just say what our church has. Church splits, church disagreements, murmuring. Isn't it funny? Every church can relate to that. There's not a church out there that can't. But you know the ones God uses are the ones who pre-event those things and say, you know what? The whole church can walk out. The McMurphy family stay in. God can use a man like that. God can use a family like that. God can use a ministry. But how about, how about the church just be filled with people that support the ministry the same way? Hey, I'm not here because there's 100 people. I'm here because this is where God wants me. 
And you prevent those night seasons because they're going to come. And they're going to come and try and pull you. They're going to try and come and get you to bail. Hey, I'm bailing. You should bail too. No, I knew this day would come. Therefore, I've already driven the stake in the ground. We're not leaving. Imagine that. Imagine what God could do with someone who just drives that stake so far in the ground, knowing, we'll, we'll use a Florida reference, a hurricane's coming. And you're like that palm tree. Those palm trees can withstand some pretty strong wind. You're driven and you're holding on. And that palm tree is, we know it's coming. We may be all bent and twisted after the storm, but we're still here. We need to prevent those night seasons. The night seasons are coming. Let me say this. The night seasons are coming in your home. They're coming in your marriage. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? I thought it was still death to us part. Well, then, you know what? Let's figure, figure this thing out. The night seasons come. You're not going to make it through. Oh, no. Not my little lovey-dovey. She would never hurt me. Your little lovey-dovey is not a lovey-dovey, my friend. Okay? It's going to happen. And the, the, the poor shock of reality when these two little lovers find out they married people made out of the same flesh we're all made out of. And you know what they're going to find themselves in? Night seasons. And you know what you need to do? You need to prevent those night seasons. Here's how you prevent night seasons in marriage. Divorce is not an option. Not an option. There's no escape. We've got to work this out. We've got to make it happen. You, pre- you pre-event those night seasons. Let me just say, there's night seasons. There's ups and downs in church. It's going to happen. And when you see the new converts come in, they get saved, and they act like, oh, man, now that I'm saved, all the night seasons are gone. This is wonderful. You're not going to find a church that doesn't have the ups and downs in the night seasons. It's not going to happen. Your walk with the Lord will have night seasons. And you know, the Christians that stay faithful, the longer I've, I'm in ministry, the more respect I have for the older men, like Brother Jerry. <laughs> I just found out he's older than me. <laughs> I didn't know that till now. But you know, the older men like Brother Jerry who are still serving the Lord after all these years. <laughs> the more respect I have for pastors, hey, okay, they don't understand the rapture, maybe we don't either. We'll see. Here they are, 30 years of ministry, 40 years of ministry, and we've seen people bail, and people who are bailing all along are criticizing the person who's still on the track. Criticizing, figuring out why that's not going to work. But you know what? I think we would do well to take and learn from the aged men and the aged women. Isn't that what the Bible says for the women and men to do in the church? To teach one another? To help them. Hey, I was on that same roller coaster ride you're on right now. Let me tell you how I got there. You know what you're going to realize? You need a team. And so to prevent those night seasons, you need a church. You need a church. The church needs you, and you need the church. You're going to have night seasons. And you need someone to pull you through those night seasons. But just as soon as you're through, you're going to be looking in your rearview mirror. You're going to see someone else reaching for the seatbelt. You're going to say, hey, buddy, and you're going to pull them through. That's the body of Christ that he designed. It's almost like the Lord knew what we needed when he ordained the church to be started. It's almost like our creator knew that we were all one member, one body, many members, and we're all going to need each other at some point in time. But if you isolate yourself from the body, when you go through the night season, you will. You will. I don't care. Well, we're just going to go sowing on our own. I don't need a church. I don't need a pastor. And you're going to find yourself in a dark night season. And you're going to fail. 
prevent those night seasons. We need, you need to be part of church. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 10. You don't have to turn there. He says, now all these things, talking about the Old Testament, happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So he said, look, all these Old Testament examples of people in their weaknesses, in their bad decisions, in their moments of temptation, and they did wrong, it was written for us to learn from so that we don't think that we're going to stand and not fall. If King David fell and committed murder and adultery, who are we to think we're not going to have a night season? If Peter, walking and talking with Jesus, promising to die for him, only to deny him and just hours later, if he struggled with that, I think we probably shouldn't think we're going to be as strong as we are. I think we ought to just admit tonight we're going to face some nice seasons. What are you going to do? What about you just go ahead and say, Lord, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's not the time to bail. The Bible talks about David encouraging himself in the Lord. Turn, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let me just kind of show you as 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is talking about the ministry it's talking about soul winning. It's talking about being part of the body of Christ, the church. And notice the ups and downs of life that you're going to face in the ministry. You're still going to have them. In fact, you're probably going to have more because now you've got an enemy who's trying to stop you. But life itself is hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. Don't think that they, it's easy life versus hard life. It's hard life versus harder life. It's difficult versus more difficult. Which one do you want? How about I want to do the one that's going to serve the Lord. But notice in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, those who plant themselves in the house of God, those who say, I'm not abandoning this track that God has me on. I know there's ups. I know there's downs. But notice what it says in verse number 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. That means the low part of the, right, the track. But notice what it says. Yet not distressed. We're not going to be in that extreme low. Why? Because we're in the ministry. We're serving God. We have a body of believers supporting us. He says, we are perplexed, but not in despair. See, we have, we've prevented these night seasons, and now we have a body of Christians helping us through these hard times. And so, yes, we're in trouble, but we're not distressed. Yes, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. God's not saying, well, life is tough. Hope you make it. That's not what he's saying. He's saying life's going to have its ups. It's going to have its downs. And what you need to do is prepare to surround yourself with the body of the church so that you can make it through those downs. Not me, Lord. Yes, you. Oh, no, no I'll never. Yes, you, Mr. Super Christian, who doesn't need the church. You're smarter than all the pastors out there. You need a church. I'm thankful for 12 years Liberty Baptist Church has had a pastor to stand up here and point people the right direction. That's something that's special. And you ought not take that lightly, and I know you don't. But number one, you ought to prevent the night seasons. How do I make sure I'm still doing what God wants when I'm in one of those dark moments? You've got to prevent those nights. Get yourself in church. Get yourself a habit of reading the Word of God. Follow the commandments. Surround yourself with people knowing you're going to need them one day. Number two... Plan to stay. Just plan to stay. The Bible says this. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. 
So when it, mean, when it says they'll proclaim their own goodness, it basically means if it's good for them, of course they're going to do it. Right? If it's fun, why wouldn't I do it? If it's the thing everybody else is doing, why wouldn't I want to be part of it? Well, what about when no one else is doing it? What about when you're the only one? That's faithfulness. That's someone who said, I'm going to be there, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's up, whether it's down. You've got to plan to stay. But then the Bible says this in Proverbs 28 about a faithful person. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. So who's the one that's going to be blessed? The one that's faithful. The one who's up, the one who's down. It's like when we were riding roller coasters. You're up on the roller coaster and it's to the top. You're like, ooh, there's a higher one. Well, as soon as you get down, you want to go ride down. And then you get up on that one, you go, oh, there's a higher one, right? Instead of enjoying the one you're on, you're looking at the one over there that you, oh, I, I missed that one. Now, maybe it's the opposite for some. Like, well, I want to go to the lower one. It depends on if you like roller coasters or not. You're, you're on an up, you're on a down, and you look over like, well, that church is doing this, and that family has this, and that person has that. Hey, how about you just say, I'm here to stay. Imagine what God can do with someone who's here to stay. Plan to stay. The Bible says this, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Now think about what he's saying. The one who's still praising God when they're old like Brother Jerry. here because everybody else is here. I'm here because I want to be in God's perfect will. Imagine a, an army of believers who couldn't quit. God, uh, The devil couldn't get you distracted. COVID couldn't stop you. Disgruntled church members can't stop you. Uh, 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 arguments amongst yourself can't stop you. I mean, can you imagine a church where everybody's mad at each other, but you still show up to church? Looking, waiting for the other one to blink. <laughs> hey, you're still in church. Imagine what God could do with that. I think you'd. Pre- I think if that were to happen, everybody's all mad because we're not quitting. I'm not quitting. You ain't quitting either. I think you did it right. I think you find a way to work it out. And you know what you could say? I remember our 12th anniversary. Here we are celebrating 20 years. I want to see Liberty Baptist Church celebrate the 20 year anniversary. I think it could happen. You might have to have a different pastor by then. He'll be too old, but. You could still be here. <laughs> I know I won't be invited back, but. <laughs> but number one, you need to prevent the night seasons. Number two, you need to plan to stay. But then number three, you need to be, be, you need to be patient with those who stray. And knowing that life is a roller coaster, you're going to watch people take the detour. You're going to watch people bail. And. Christians who are new in life, new in the faith, new in ministry will oftentimes kick them. They'll oftentimes speak disparagingly of them. But those who've been in those moments, those are the ones that have a little more virtue. Knowing, you know what? That needs to be me. And we need to be helping one another. Knowing life is this roller coaster, we ought to be patient with those who stray. Turn, if you will, to Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1. 
The Bible reads, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Those who have a little bit of track behind you. You know you've had your ups, you've had your downs. I can't believe he said that. You've never said anything out of place? I can't believe he acted that way. You've always acted right? I can't believe he thought about quitting. You never thought about quitting? I mean, come on, right? We're all there. So, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Why? The answer is right there. Considering thyself. Don't you, don't you know, well, I'm spiritual. The, the, the track is behind me. You still got track in front of you too, buddy. I know people who've been serving God 30 years and quit. I know marriages of 25 years that fall apart. I know churches that have been opened their doors for 50 years that are stuck. So I don't care how much track behind you there is. You ought to be carrying one for another when you see them in weakness, when you see them faltering, when you see them wavering by the wayside, considering that'll be you one day. And you know what? I'm thankful that when I need someone to call and talk to, I have Pastor McMurtry. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful if the day ever came and I'm, he, he sees me doing something silly, I know the phone's going to ring. And I'm going to look and I already know what he's going to say. I might not even answer, but I'm thankful there's a friend who's going to hold me to it and, and call me. And if, and if he had to, I know if I'm, if I'm blocking his calls, he'd get in his car, go down to Florida, spend some time on the beach while on the way, and come visit me, knock on my door. Say, snap out of it. As he said earlier, you know, family, sometimes you got to slap them inside the head. Hey, wake up. You know what? You need that. You need that. And that's what a church family is. And oftentimes, the people who need the church family realize it too late. They realize it too late. My phone rings all the time. I'm not sure how it is here. But in Orlando, there's a lot of people calling for people, uh, you know, someone to pay the electric bill, someone to feed them, someone to pay their hotel bill. And none of them have a home church. That's the first thing. I, do you have a home? No, none of them have a home church. None of them. You know, I don't want to tell them, well, if you join our church, we'll take care of you, because that's not how it works. But you know anyone in our church that had a need, we would take care of them. We would, we would bend, out, bend over backwards. And what a blessing to see that happening now with, with the circumstances that are unfolding. A church willing to just wrap their arms around and care. You know what? You need that. But oftentimes you don't realize you need it until it's too late. And so as Christians, as we that have a little bit of track behind us, we look out and we see someone faltering, instead of kicking them, restore them, pray for them, encourage them. And you know what? The day's going to come when you're going to see someone coming, you're knocking on your door, encouraging you. And you're going to need it just as I'm going to need it. Life is like a roller coaster. Titus chapter 2 verse 1 says, But speak the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and patience. The aged women likewise, that they in a behavior of, as become with holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the younger women. And then it continues on. What's the point? Why would we have the elder in the church? So they can help the younger. They can pull you through. So, Christians, I want to encourage you this evening as, you know, 12 years, I would say, is a high for a Liberty Baptist Church. That's, that's an accomplishment. But there have been some lows along the journey. I don't need to know all the details, but I can promise you there are lows along the journey. And, you know, one of the things about a pastor 
is you got to get up, and it might be battling some things all week long, and you got to come to pulpit. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Liberty Baptist Church. That's, and you know what? Pastors have lows, too. And you know what you could do? You could be a blessing to both those in the pew and those behind the pulpit and rally behind them and just bring encouragement wherever you need. Maybe you don't, maybe you need encouragement, but you know what you can find? Encourage someone else and you'll find yourself getting encouraged. Uplift someone else and you'll find yourself being a little better, feeling a little better. That, that low is not so low anymore. So as we look at these thoughts in scriptures this evening, the takeaway this evening would be this. Life is like a roller coaster. There are ups. There are downs. It's going to happen to every single one of us. But if you can prevent those moments, those low seasons, you'll be here. And I know I'm preaching the choir. You're here. You're getting ready to celebrate your 12th year anniversary. That doesn't mean you'll be here for the 13th. There are some lows that are going to come. And I don't know. I wish I knew. I'd tell you. And we could go ahead and look into it and say, yeah, it's worth it. Let me just go ahead and tell you. No matter what it is, it is is worth it. Let's pray. Dearly Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, as we go through the ups and downs of life, even in ministry, even of recent, the events that have taken place. Lots of questions, Lord, but you've told us not to lean on our own understanding. You've told us to trust you. You've warned us that it would be this way. You've warned us that some would be weak and some would be weary. You've encouraged us, Lord, to strengthen them. Lord, you've, you've challenged us to be careful lest we fall ourselves. God, I pray you just give us the fortitude this evening to continue serving you no matter what ups of life or downs may come, that we would still be serving you when you come back for us. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.